0: Head to au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's au slash arcade for a free one month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled.
1: Uh, I think. One thing that I am really excited about the prospect of doing is that we aren't confined by physical space. So one thing that we can really explore that we've always kind of dabbled in, but never been able to fully commit to is the idea of providing meetup places or activities or engagement opportunities for people with really niche interest or with interest in niche games. So. As we move online, the, the top end of the spectrum, all the AAA publishers, the announcements, that's going to get way bigger because we have access to a global stage, the US and the UK contributing, and that's that's how that side of the business works. Uh, but on the other end of it, when it comes to independent development, when it comes to people who have smaller scale interests that we couldn't typically curate for, we now are in a, a, digital, a digital realm where space doesn't matter. So we can really start exploring any avenue of gaming that we want, that people want to see.
0: That's Luke Lancaster, content manager at ReadPop Australia, the company who, with Penny Arcade, run the PAX gaming conventions in Australia and the US. My name is Gianni, and I'm the executive producer of Pixel Sift, and you might have heard by now that Australia's biggest video game convention, PAX Australia, won't be going ahead this year joins PAX West in Seattle as well as pretty much all the other gaming conventions. They won't be going ahead physically due to the risk of COVID-19 infection. It's been a pretty weird year already with a lot of those mainstay conventions not able to go ahead, but Luke said it was at another PAX convention, one of the last ones that have been held, PAX East in late February early March, that it became pretty clear that the rest of the year was going to look very, very different.
1: Uh, I think for that um, and for everyone in the event business, we'd be going back to the start of the year. Uh, I was at PAX East myself in Boston, uh, and it was during that weekend that we heard that GDC was cancelled due to concerns around the pandemic. And from then, I think there's been a level of uncertainty around everything for the rest of 2020 at least, Uh, and we started to look at contingency plans, started to do research on what a show would look like if we could do one, and ultimately, as I'm sure everyone is well aware now, we came to the final decision that regrettably we would not be able to do a physical event this year. It just wasn't a possibility for us.
0: Now, one of the things about PAX for a long time has been – the PAX POX, and it is a conversation that we have at every PAX every year, just general flus and sickness passes around. Was it just pretty much the disaster scenario for the right type of um, convention that it is to, to run something like
1: this? Uh, I don't even think that that was, um, that was the case necessarily. Uh, we had a lot of government restrictions around health and safety. Uh, any mass event is going to have certain risk to it. I mean, I'm not a health scientist, not an epidemiologist, so I can't really comment too authoritatively on that. But um, I think it was a number of issues that ultimately played into the choice to cancel Paxos this year. Um, you, you talk about the Pax Pox, and that number of people in a building at any point is going to have certain health risks to it. Um, but I think across the board, uh, one thing that we're a lot better about is that idea of social distancing and personal hygiene. So Hopefully, in future, um, we can all dodge the dreaded lurgy that comes from PAX.
0: Now, can you tell me what are some of the sort of key things that are going to be translated to an online format um, uh, this year, uh, now that PAX West and PAX aren't going to be going ahead?
1: Well, uh, very luckily, a lot of what we do can be translated to a digital format. Um, PAX, we always say, is about the community more than anything else. And what we are trying to do with PAX Online in conjunction with the PAX West team is find a way to still connect that community, even if we have to connect remotely. So if you look at the core elements of what a PAX is, we've got community free play and tournaments. We've got our expo hall. We've got a huge number of indie developers showing off games and that that that, that sense of discovery. Uh, we've got our panel streams, obviously. We've got our stage content. Uh, we've got small community meetups. And we've got... Um, Our tabletop section. Obviously, our tabletop section is going to be one of the hardest things to translate, but we feel like we can still very effectively through things like Twitch, Discord, um, online gaming store platforms, uh, a bit of custom software, really translate that experience and really encourage that sense of community, even if everyone has to do it from their own homes.
0: One of the – I guess one of the challenges for Australian – game developers is kind of carving out a space in that really competitive world of, of, of being online. Um, and for Australian developers now, you know, the PAX West, PAX Oz combination means that um, there there is a lot more interest. They've already seen people all around the world start to talk about making panels and, and getting that share of voice. How are you going to balance that um, for a sort of more worldwide combined convention?
1: Uh, I think we're looking at it looking at it as far more of an opportunity than a challenge. Yes, we have a global audience, um, but since the PAX OZ team uh, is working integrally on delivering that, we do feel like we will be able to use that platform really effectively for a lot of homegrown content. And that's not just panels, that's our independent development scene as well. Um, So in terms of like showcasing that, Uh, I think we're looking at our own breakout sections on the website, uh, our own flag to be able to proudly say that things have been made in Australia Um, because we are are pretty good at highlighting independent development if we can blow our own horns for a second. And um, I think what we do here but exposed to a global audience, the quality of the work is going to speak for itself and that's a really exciting prospect for us being able to connect and provide the opportunity to a local developer um, to take part or take a place on a global stage to connect with an audience far bigger than they would have been able to in any other year. Because the Paxos team is working on this, because it's a 24 hour show, uh, we have a lot of creative control over still being able to represent, support, and promote Australian content. Like that is our mandate in working on Pax Online. So we will have multiple hours a day of panel content. We will have sections in our analog to the virtual expo hall. We will have things in the Australian time zone for the Australian audience. Um, it's it's really important to stress that this isn't something that the US is doing that an Australian can log on to. We are actively and quite, um, quite aggressively pursuing and curating Australian content from the expo level all the way through to community content.
0: What have you learned so far that has really shaped the way you might be thinking about doing future PAX Australia's down the track.
1: Uh, we we really are looking at the various digital features and things that we are rolling out, like ways to curate looking for group activities, ways to stream panels, uh, ways to incorporate pre records uh, potentially for panelists, ways to bring in remote panelists because obviously we don't have the theatres to offer, uh, and we think it's got the potential to democratize packs in in a way to provide access to people who couldn't typically go to the show or couldn't typically provide content at the show. And we think that by eliminate, eliminating a lot of those geographical borders, um, there are a lot of good lessons that we can carry forwards that make packs a lot more accessible and a lot more present in a lot of people's lives. Uh, and the the other really good thing about digital stuff, don't, don't hold me to this just yet, is but it gives us... A lot more opportunity to do smaller scale things year round, not just waiting for the big weekend in October.
0: One of the big things, obviously, uh, especially in the Australian context, is that normally packs uh, would be sort of the you know, said so the ends, the the wrap up, the capstone of Melbourne International Games Week. Obviously, you're happening; uh, it's happening a bit earlier this year. Is it a bit of a shame that you can't connect in with more of that Games Week stuff?
1: Absolutely. We we love being a part of Games Week. We love following on from High Score and GCAP and all the other events that run. Uh, We think it's such an important week in Australia and especially in Victoria. Uh, It it might be possible that we still have some involvement with Games Week, but because of where we fell in the international calendar, because of how things went with the US and the UK, uh, we really had to make a call and run this event in September.
0: Next year, if everything is going well, what does the next PAX start to look like? Because I imagine you're already starting to think about the format of of future physical conventions. What what do you think it's going to look like?
1: Um, We have already started planning on 21. Uh, We hope it's going to be a return to form. At this stage, we are looking like going back to a traditional physical event model for PAX because I don't think as good as PAX Online will be that there is any true replacement for connecting with people in person. I think that's what PAX, OZ does, is there a space for both in future? Potentially, because I think they are going to serve very different needs and have a very different feel when it comes down to it. Uh, In terms of what we've learned as an events business, I think we are going to be a lot more cautious and a lot more safety forwards when it comes to public health. Uh, And I think we're going to learn a lot on how to incorporate digital tools and the best way to use those to promote and deliver a physical event. Do you think this is,
0: um, maybe is it a, a, one of these big opportunities now because of force of necessity to, to really open it up? It, it allows it a level of accessibility for people who might be from a minority who, who, who normally wouldn't get their share of voice in a way that just really couldn't happen in previous years.
1: Yeah, um, ab- absolutely. And that's honestly our hope. Every year, no matter what the show is, we try to chase new voices, diverse voices, different perspectives. Uh, And it's hard, especially when people are from underrepresented groups to justify the expense of going to a show. We know that's difficult. What we're hoping this year is just as you said, that the fact that if you have a webcam this year, you you can do a PAX panel, we can give you a platform. And we're really hoping people see that for the opportunity it is. And we're really excited about the idea of having people from all over the APAC region, from all over Europe, from all over the Americas contributing to what PAX is.
0: That's Luke Lancaster from ReadPop Australia, one of the organisers of PAX Australia and now PAX Online, which will be held over nine days from the 12th of September to the 20th of September 2020. You can find out more about PAX Online by putting PAX Online into your search engine or by clicking in the show notes of this episode. You can also find a written version of this story on the Pixelsift website. That's PixelSift.com Au. The music you're listening to is Shopping for the Future by Bit by Bit Bert. There's a link to it in the show notes. And now, if you've been following Pixelsift for a while now, you know that our ongoing Paxelsift series featuring indie game developers on the show floor of Pax Australia is one of our highlights of the year. And we're really looking forward to keeping that going this year, even though we can't be there in the same space and champion some of those developers from Australia, New Zealand and Southeast Asia. So keep an eye out on Shift on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for more information about that and how we can connect and and share your games. That's all for now. Until next time, have fun.